Hello Cubs fans and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I don't know what the hell just happened today. It was one of the dumbest games I've watched in a long time. But before we get into all the uh, the bullshit that was Cubs baseball today, I am Ron Luce, joined by the one, the only Mr. Joey Ricotta, um, or as you can see if you're watching with us live, uh, DFA Vieira is his uh, his new nickname today. So my friend, first off, how are you? Um, despite uh, what we saw happen on the Diamond at PNC Park today. I wish I could say I was good, Ron. I mean, I, I really wish I could say I was good. It's Thursday. It's a beautiful day outside. Might be a little bit toasty, but it's uh, in here in my house. I need my temperature to be about 65 degrees just to be able to watch this team right now because I am getting so heated myself just watching this team play and frustrated with the way things are going. And not so much just how they play. Uh, individual performances are actually pretty solid, but then you have some horrible, horrible, horrible roster decisions, lineup decisions. And like you said, you see it in my name here if you're watching live, DFA V Air. Uh, that really has me absolutely outraged today. Um, and it's been building. It's been absolutely building over these last few weeks and over this last month. And, you know, I don't know if we just want to get right into it, but I wish I could say I was better, Ron. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. And I, I think I agree. I think the 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 this team just in general is incredibly frustrating. And obviously for those that maybe didn't catch the game today because it was kind of during the work day and you might be tuning in with us later in the day or what have you. Uh, but the Cubs lose 8-7 in extra innings to the Pittsburgh Pirates today. Um, really interesting ball game because uh, at one point the Cubs were down 6-2 to two in this one. Uh, all hope looked lost. Um, and the Cubs rallied five runs in the eighth inning. They took a one-run lead heading into the bottom of the eighth. David Robertson, his lone mistake he made today, a home run um, by Chavis, ties it. And ultimately, that was what sent us to extras. A lot of bullshit happened in extras, uh, especially on the Cubs front. And then the Pirates were able to walk it off in the bottom of the 10th. And, and maybe that's where we start, Joey, and we can work our way backwards here because uh, – uh, the the 10th inning was puzzling, right? Obviously, a weird spot in the lineup comes up. VR had already been subbed out defensively for Indrelton Simmons. Uh, I agree with the move to not have Simmons hit in that place with Wisdom on third um, and his you know 14 WRC plus that Juice and I have made fun of for the last two days. But you bring in Jason Hayward. And in traditional Jason Hayward fashion, he grounds to the hole between first and second. Shavis picks the ball up, throws it at home. Ross challenges, rightfully so. It looked like there was an outside chance of Wisdom being safe. He looks safe on the play if you really look at it. Um, but why would the umpires ever be wrong? Call stands even after the challenge. And you waste the ghost runner and extras in that essence with Jason Hayward up to bat. And then it comes back and it bites him in the ass and they lose the game in the bottom of the 10th. So, Joey, I want to get your thoughts on extra innings because, uh, again, Tough spot in the lineup, right? You didn't have Morel there. You didn't have Contreras. They'd already come through that part of the lineup. You start off with Wisdom as your ghost runner. Um, and then it ended up being Gomes who starts the inning off. Uh, he did fly out and advance Wisdom. Uh, but then it was the VR spot, which then was the Simmons spot, which then became the Hayward spot up in the lineup. <laughs> uh, just a best, right? Just a cluster. I mean, this is an absolute shit show from top to bottom with this game. Like, just madness on both sides. You have a ton of errors. Uh, I guess starting in reverse, like you said, 
with that last inning there. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of it because it's like, like you said, I'm glad that Simmons wasn't the guy hitting, but then, you know, you compare Jason Hayward's WRC plus he's like 45 to 50% below average with his WRC plus in like typical fashion. Like you said, it's going to ground out. He's going to, to the second base side every time or right between there and wisdom looks safe. And it's just a tough break, right? Like he should have been out. Like that should have been an out just based on what the play was. But like mm-hmm. looking back on it in the replay, he looked like he was safe. So the, the Cubs caught a tough, tough break there. Um, and then obviously Hayes, that last play too, that little like duck snort or whatever, uh, just beyond the first baseman or beyond Revis, just tough, man, because he collided with Contreras, obviously. Tough way to win a game and lose a game on both sides because it looked like he was really banged up on that play. But, I mean, not much you can do, though, in those situations, right? Like when you get a little bleeder like that, I guess you could call it, or a little blooper, it's just like, what are you going to do? Like the the runner's already on second. The runner, I mean, it's just he's scoring on that play. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just a really tough situation. I hate the outcome of this game, but I love the fight that the Cubs actually showed, uh, particularly in that eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberts, Robertson, you know, he tried to get away with that slider, that first pitch slider. He tried to just kind of ease one in there, and Chavis was sitting all over it. And that was, I mean, credit to his part for sitting on that slider, first pitch slider. But, uh, you know, Robertson tried to sneak that one by. And then otherwise, he, like you said, he was really, really good. It's just uh, you can't you can't afford to have that happen when you take the lead in the manner that the Cubs did in that eighth inning. And then to be, to lose that game to, to, or to even lose the lead in the very next inning, that's just incredibly, incredibly tough. You can't have that because of what they came down from. They came back from, you know, what did they put up five runs in that eighth inning? Mm -hmm. So um, it's just, just a really, really tough game all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, right, as we kind of worked backwards in this game, right, we started with the extra innings and, and working our way back. Uh, yeah, just tough break, right, for Robertson there, comes in in, in a high leverage situation. Probably didn't think he was going to come in, you know, entering the top of the Yeah, eighth, right? why was he in the uh, eighth? I, I, that's, I, that is something that we should probably. They've been, well, they've been, I, they, I've seen this more and more that they're using him as kind of their high leverage situation guy. And that that is the right you need the shutdown in it. You know, you just come out, you get the five runs in the top of the eighth, and then he comes in in the bottom. You hope he can shut it down because then in the top of the ninth, the Cubs, A, can potentially add, and then B, you come down into the bottom of the ninth with a lead, and then that's where maybe if Robertson hasn't thrown a ton of pitches in the eighth, he can come back out and get at least maybe one out. Or, you know, you go to a guy like a Scotty Efros who – did work through the actual ninth relatively quickly. I think he did it in six pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe in one of those instances you can do something like that. I think that's what the, the thought process was behind it. I don't necessarily hate that. It's just unfortunate that a guy who's been really good all season long, you know, yeah. like you said, tries to sneak in a slider. It doesn't work. It goes yard. Tie, get You know, tie game. And we've seen the Cubs and extras this year. It's like watching – four-year-olds play t-ball sometimes it just it's it's miserable and it usually doesn't work out in their favor so you know it, it it's a weird instance with today's game right but like you said i do want to highlight some of the positives of today's game because again this is a bad team this year we know this is a bad team this year you know they're gonna win games like yesterday right where they win 14 to 5 and all that good stuff uh but they're gonna lose a lot of games that are are gonna make us rack our brain off you know 
the want to just crack our skull off the wall at times in, in frustration. And today was for a little while one of those games, right? It just felt like there there wasn't a ton of fight. You know, guys were striking out a ton today, but ultimately in the end, right? Like you said, great fight there in the eighth inning. They get the five runs good at bats all the way around. Uh, I know Ryan Dempster specifically on the broadcast today called out the Patrick wisdom at bat in the inning. Uh, You know, just takes that slider off the plate into right field, gets a base knock drives in a run. uh, But then great hitting by Nico there to drive into great hitting by Rivas to ultimately give the Cubs the lead. Uh, So there's a lot of encouraging things. Uh, certainly that happened in the eighth inning there. Ultimately, they go through 10 batters in the inning. Morel got to bat twice uh, in the inning, started it off with a hit, and then ultimately, obviously, at the end, uh, struck out um, You know, to end the inning. But uh, I agree with you, man. A lot of good stuff there, and just a lot of good stuff from the some of the guys on offense in general, right? Uh, Nelson Velasquez today, he was one for two with the double, and he ultimately scored a run. Um, also walked today too. So overall, very productive day for him. Uh, Nico Horner was three for five with two runs scored and two RBI. You'll love to see that. Um, you know, you know, solid day for wisdom, two hits for him as well. Two hits for Morrell. Um, you know, and, uh, that really sums it up. Uh, Higgins obviously with the bunt single, which was always super cool and tough because who doesn't love a good bunt single, but you know, outside of that though, uh, a very just kind of frustrating day with the bats right because it's like they come on they get it done when they need to and then the bats don't show up when you need them to in crunch time and extras so um i I do want to turn the floor over to you my friend thoughts on uh, the offense through today's game i mean i like what i saw from a lot of guys just at different moments in the game right i mean morell like you said he had a good game uh nico had a great game uh nelson velasquez actually had the hardest hit ball on the day 111.2 miles per hour off the bat that was just a, a laser down the left field line. And that came after he spit on some laser, laser, <laughs> laser. Uh, and Nelly V, man, he just, we found out he could swim today too. We did, we knew he could hit the ball hard, <laughs> but we found out he could actually swim with that uh, Javi Baez like move at second base. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, man, I actually, and I guess this is something that there were some other really good performances at the plate too, just individually. But, uh, this is something that I wanted to point out was I actually kind of like the way that Ross managed the game from a pinch hitting standpoint. Uh, and we, you kind of talked about it a little bit with, you know, Hayward pinch hitting for Simmons. But what I noticed was, and we've been banging the door or banging the drum for N- Nelly V. I'm just, I'm just going to keep calling him that right now. Nelly V to get more playing time to start games. He finally started today. Yes. It was a getaway day, which, like, also against a lefty. And against a lefty. That's and that's a key part of this because if it was against a righty, probably wouldn't have been starting again, right? Um, and he did good against a lefty, so they feel more comfortable with him against the lefties right now. And he's he's he might always just be better against left-handed pitching. A lot of right-handed hitters are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even a lot of left-handed hitters better against right-handed pitching. We just we see that a lot. And but the thing is, you gotta kind of let him sink or swim. We found out he could swim at second base. You got to kind of let him swim a little bit against right-handed pitching as well. But like when the game was kind of on the line, like when the game was Cubs were making their comeback there, I kind of liked the fact that even though he was having good at bats and everything, the fact that they did pinch it for Ortega because Ortega had been swinging a pretty good bat lately and it's a right-handed pitcher. And if you are like, if this team was competing right now, those are the type of managerial decisions and moves in game 
that I would look for and want to see, right? Because, mm -hmm. yes, they're not playing for anything for wins and losses this season, but those are the types of moves that I'm kind of looking at Ross and being like, what are you doing in these decisions, right? And, right. and so I like that decision from his standpoint of going to Ortega there, and he drew a walk, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, would it have been great for Nelly to just finish out the entire game? Yeah, of course, but um, – it, you want, also want Rafael Ortega, Cortega, to kind of boost his trade value even more, and he's doing that. So I guess that was something that I pointed out or that I noticed. And then also the uh, Rivas, Alfonso Rivas, who came in off the bench cold as well, mm -hmm. um, pinch hitting for Higgins, and then he had a great at-bat. And then the two-strike approach, like you mentioned um, – you know, that's just a great job by Rivas there. He's kind of building off of that grand slam that he hit the other day. So a lot of, a lot of positives, even though there's a lot of negatives too. Yeah, and, and one thing I will give credit to Ross too, right? Because when, when you're sitting there kind of in a vacuum, right, and, and watching that at bat that Hayward takes and extras, he made the, like you said, he made the right pinch hitting decisions in that eighth inning to get them back, right? You bring in Ortega to face a righty, he walks, He's been having great at-bats lately. You bring in Rivas to, to face a righty versus Higgins. He delivers and gives the Cubs the lead. So those yeah. are good managerial decisions. So I'm not faulting Ross for that. What I think this just exclaims what the problem is right now with this roster because they are so banged up and not that talented is that Hayward is essentially the last guy you had available to pinch hit in extras, right? Like that's just the name of the game. And I think you could maybe – nurse some of that pain with not hitting a guy like Jonathan VR in your six hole and yeah. maybe hitting him. If you are going to hit him in your eight hole, maybe right. We see Jason Hayward hitting the eight hole. Right or just, when he's how about player. this, Ron? How about or just, just not fucking just, hit him? Yeah. Or just DFA Vieira and call it a day. Right. But again, though, right, with the state of this roster where it is, right. Like it's just, it's tough when Nico Horner, who's your best hitter on the day is in your seven hole. And Velasquez, yeah. who had a good day, and it would have even then been Ortega, who's been a good hitter lately, is in your eight hole. In that situation going into extras versus, no offense to Jan Gomes, just he didn't have a great day at the plate in the DH spot, and then ultimately becomes Hayward because Simmons was in for VR, right? It's That's like the, the, the deadly trio there. And it's ironically in the sixth spot, right? So you can sit six, six, six. Anyway, I'll leave my stupid jokes to myself. But again, like I agree with you, right? Like he made the right moves in that right situations. It just sucks that this roster is so fucking depleted right now because say Suzuki's hurt, right? Like a lot of the talent that was there that was supposed to be bench guys uh, aren't there right now, right? Like VR wasn't supposed to be an everyday starter. He was supposed to be a bench piece because guys like Nick Madrigal is supposed to be playing. Madrigal's mm -hmm. you know same thing in, in the outfield right like even if Velasquez isn't up on this team right now say Suzuki's your right field there probably not you know and, and maybe maybe in that situation maybe he doesn't pinch hit right like obviously I don't think Seas in the eight hole in that situation in the eighth inning but like again if that's your right fielder and it is say Suzuki even if it is a right-handed pitcher, Ross is probably letting him face that guy. And then when the extras comes around, you have Ortega on the bench, right? Yes, it's just a matter yes. of this roster so depleted right now that Ross made the right moves when the time was right, but then he was just shit out of luck of options and extras. And that, I, I, you know, it comes back to bite him because he's just out of options. It's like 
David Ross can't go pick up a fucking bat and go out there in extra innings and pinch hit. You know what I mean? I wish like, he would, to be honest. Yeah, shit. He might be better than some <laughs> of the options on this team right now because, like, that's just where they are, and that's just where the roster is. And I think that's part of the frustration, too, because it's stuff that, admittedly, Jed, you could argue, sure, he could have controlled it in the offseason by having more depth, but you can't control injuries. And look how many key players on this team are hurt. Just naming off Seiya Suzuki, Marcus Stroman, and Wade Miley alone is enough to give me anxiety, let alone mm-hmm. you factor in a guy like Drew Smiley, who's been one of your best starting pitchers. Like The list just goes on and on of the amount of injuries that have happened to this team. So I, I think that's that's something that you kind of a takeaway, and, and our buddy, uh, we haven't heard from him in a while, our boy Chief Redbeard here, hey, uh, he says all he knows is pain. Um, yeah, it is a lot of pain today. There is some good, though. Um but it just sucks the way they ended the game and how everything played out because of, you know, the the actual rally. It wasn't a fake rally today. They actually rallied, yeah. you know, and then all for it to kind of come spiraling down in the end. But, Joey, I do want to uh, kind of pivot away from the hitting here a little bit because um, the pitching today. Well, if I, I think, can just – Ron, if I if, could just say no, one thing do. real quick because I know we got to kind of keep it moving. But um, about the, like, roster, the whole roster sure. decisions and all that, like – I never thought I'd be at a point where like coming into the season, because you had this depth that they, the moves that they made with Simmons and with VR who Simmons on the surface never really made sense. Uh, VR made sense because they brought him in for this positional versatility by second, short, third, he was going to bring you speed on the base pass. People thought that he was this contact hitter. Never has been really that much of a contact hitter. He strikes out a lot. He whiffs a ton. He's towards the bottom of the league in both those areas you look at a stat cast page eight out of the 10 seasons too he's been striking out 25 percent or higher clip eight out of his 10 seasons as a major leaguer so he's not a contact hitter but the speed has really decreased the sprint speed is far below average now or at least it's like 33rd percentile or something like that it's not good um so like you look at it and you're just like what does he offer this team when he's making these airs like this and at that point I never thought coming into the season that I'd be, we would need David Bodie. Now we're to the point where it's like, David Bodie, please get your ass to the big league club. Please. Please. Yeah. I, I don't, I need David Bodie on this team. And I never thought that I would say that coming into the season because I was thinking, where's he going to have a spot? Like you said, Madrigal, uh, Simmons, VR, Horner. Yeah. Uh, you've got all these guys, Wisdom. Schwindel. I mean, Rivas is trying to find a spot on the roster. Then you've got maybe Hat could play some second base. You got all these outfielders, right? You were trying to find roster spots coming into the season. Now it's like, who can fucking play? I would take Andrew Romine right now over Jonathan V. Air. Andrew Romine at least gave us a fucking incredible moment when he hit a home run last season off Craig Kimbrell when he was on the White Sox. What has VR done? VR had a sack fly that he scored on. He stole third base, and then he scored a sack fly. I think it was a game-winning run against the Atlanta Braves. Outside of that, he's costing your team, and I know you want to talk about steel. He's costing your young pitchers outs, runs. This game is in the bag in one. If you just look at what they did in the eighth inning and comparatively how many runs they gave up that they shouldn't have given up, the home run shouldn't have happened. After that, the, then you got another air by Wisdom at third base after an air by VR. And that leads to the Cabrian Hayes run. Yep. Just just like it's magnified. And then you look at this, the decisions of this team. Uh, it starts at the top. Can this experiment just please be over? Stop 
looking at these guys, not everyone is, has trade value. And I've talked mm-hmm. about this in, the, in the, the article that I wrote recently. Not all these guys have trade value. The experiment is fucking dead. It's done. Nobody is looking at these guys going to give you anything. You're not getting a lower-level prospect with tools, way down your farm system ranks. You're not getting shit for these guys. Just cut ties. At least Simmons does provide some sort of defense and helps out your young pitchers. But with guys like VR, and we saw it today with the Phantom IL stint with Daniel Norris, at least that's what I think it was, Mm -hmm. especially when you sprain your finger. There are guys on this team that have been on this team for a while now offering you absolutely nothing, and you're seeing nothing for the future because they're just taking up spots that other guys could be playing. And you guys have been talking about it too the last few episodes. And it's just building over, Ron, that this is like now I'm I'm just I'm getting to the point where I'm just gonna start hammering fucking tweets about this until it stops. And and maybe <laughs> that's stupid, honestly. Like, but that's just my way of venting. And uh anyways, Ron, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about steel or you know, I know you got more that you want to talk about. We will talk about well, steel is what I want to talk about because I think today's game is a very unique example with steel. And you actually alluded to some of my points. I'm glad you transitioned the way you did. Uh but our our our, our boy here, um I don't want to give away his name, but he's a friend of the program. Um, Mr. Kyle Mikowski here, uh, he's moved on to the next because of the Norris fake injury. And it also says DFA VR, or as, uh, Joey says here, DFA, Mr. Vieira. But I agree with you, man. It, that's what was frustrating right about today's start, because here's Steele's line today and Steele looked good. Yeah. There was a lot of good shit in Steele's start today. I know people are going to look at the, at the stat sheet and go, he didn't look that impressive. Shut the fuck up. Go watch the game. And tell me otherwise, because five and two thirds, seven hits, six runs, five earned, no walks. That's awesome. Cubs as as a pitching staff only walked one batter today. That's fantastic. Um, Eight Ks. He gave up the two hard contact. But like you said, another Jonathan VR error. We've we've seen these time and time again. This just happened in the Caleb Killian start a few nights ago. Just happened. Where he literally had to get five outs in an inning because VR made two stupid fucking plays on defense. And that's the type of shit that costs your young pitchers. And what it doesn't just cost them on the stat sheet. It doesn't just cost them in their development. It costs them in the fucking confidence as well. Because now the guy's got to go out there, mentally reset, and jump over a hurdle that admittedly shouldn't have been there in the first place if you yep. have a quality defender playing second base. And I hate to say it, I don't think he's a perfect defender, but I promise you right now, Nick Madrigal's smart enough to not try and call off either Jason Hayward or I think it was Rivas. Uh, on that foul ball in the Killian start. So makes that pick in today's game at uh, at second base. Like that's just where this team is. And it's, it's fucking irritating because like you said, right? Steele then doesn't get the out there. You know, how many times two have we seen VR, like try to make an out and can't even turn a fucking double play. Like, you know, you need to make those plays. You need to make those plays as a major league infielder, my friend. I wouldn't put him on my Northern Illinois Coyotes team right now to play second base. I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'm put him on honest. a fucking 16-inch softball team right now to play second base. It's fine. It, it's that bad. And 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 because, and, Joey, I want to I want to allude to the point because you brought up an incredible point, right? The VR error costs Steele, right? Another homer that he gives up. Really? That's the only hard contact up until the O'Neill Cruz double late in the game or late in his start, I should say. It wasn't that late in the game, but late in his start that was hard contact, right? Like it was just the two homers. And otherwise, he was dealing again eight freaking 
K's today from Steele. He yep. looked good. His shit was playing. And again, though, this team just being unable to get out of their own fucking way defensively is really hurting these young pitchers. And it's making these guys work harder. And I think that's almost what makes like what Keegan Thompson did last night even more impressive because knowing that this team behind him, like, remember, remember when the Cubs were like a good defensive baseball team and you didn't have to worry about this? One of like, the best. Yeah. And now they're probably one of the worst. Like, I don't know the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I'm willing to bet a fair sum of money that they are toward the bottom in the league because they are just killing themselves. And that's hurting all these young pitchers. That's going to hurt guys like Keegan Thompson. That's going to hurt guys like Caleb Killian. That's going to hurt guys like today, like it did to Justin Steele. And that's a real fucking shame because it's also going to kill your veterans. It's probably killed guys. I, I, I can't recall specific points, but I'm sure it's killed guys like Marcus Stroman from getting fucking victories. Mm-hmm. We remember the White Sox game. I remember that one very vividly. That one's going to live on in my brain probably the rest of the season. Like, and Steele Steel so has had this games. happen to him now. What, like Multiple three times, times that he should, three games at least that he should have won already that yes. he's lost. I mean, and not gotten the loss, but they've lost the game. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous, and I think that's what makes this even worse is because. I like a lot of what I saw out of Justin Steele today. I saw today's startup as, yes, the runs look ugly, but ultimately a lot more good, in my opinion, than bad. He gave you a quality season. start, in my opinion. Yes. He yes, gave he you, no matter what the box score reads, like, and he didn't give you a full six innings, but no matter what, the, if you're just looking at the box score and saying Justin Steele had a rough outing and just looking at you know the home runs allowed, whatever, he shouldn't have been in those positions, number one, like we already said. Number two, the strikeout stuff to walk, strikeout to walk ratio, is pretty damn good. And he gave you that length, really. He really gave you that length, and he was he was moving along great. So I mean, mm-hmm. I'm encouraged by what I've seen, you know, yesterday from Keegan, and then today from Steele. Like these two guys are starting to come into their own a little bit here, Absolutely. and it's making me kind of change my opinion too about both of them being, you know long relief fireman type of role pitchers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are rotation pieces and maybe they are, you know, even if they are fours and fives and then you build up the one through three, those are damn good fours and fives, right? If Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson, the way they're pitching lately are your four and five, you're in a very good situation as a ball club. I yeah. agree with you 100% there. And like that's just I, I agree with you, honestly, because like I think coming into the season and this is something that Juice and I spoke about a little bit on last night's show. And um, we have now learned that um, every everybody's got a carrier pigeon. Right. Um, you know, somebody that can be a voice for them. Um, our, our, our friend of the program, Kyle Mikowski here in the comments. Um, he, he's he is a good friend of Juice's and he is his carrier pigeon day. They work together um, and he asked him just to. To, to go ahead and comment for him because he's at work and can't get on the phone right now. He wants to talk to us, though, because Juice is our boy. But nonetheless, speaking of Juice, Juice and I did speak about this on last night's show. And, like, we said, I said it. I said, I think if there's one player on this roster that I've identified that went from a big question mark last season, really took the development at the major league level to heart and came back and became a better player this year, it's Keegan Thompson. I, I think he is the number one guy that's done it. He's cut down the walks, right? He's, you know, the strikeouts were there, right? But but he's learning how to pitch, right? He's not just learning how to throw hard and then hope for the best. 
Justin Steele's doing the exact same thing. This is something I mentioned on yesterday's show, right? We're seeing more steel starts where he's not going five and striking out nine and 10. He's going seven and maybe only striking out three or four. And that's okay because however the hell you get through a game and give your chance, a team a chance to win, that's all that matters. And right now these two guys are showing these, these guys get me excited about, thank God, because I, I need something to grasp onto, you know, with this team from a development standpoint for the future this season. We're seeing it with guys like Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele. And that makes me really happy because like you said, Joey, even if in the future, these guys are your fourth and fifth starters. Yeah. That looks really good on paper when Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson are potentially your fourth and fifth starters. And maybe they're higher. May, who knows, right? We're not yeah, going to know knows? until the yeah. time comes. I mean, but but that just shows, right? Like if if guys like DJ Hers reach their full potential at the major league level. Guys like Jordan Wicks, who was the first over or the first round pick this past season, reach their full and guys like Caleb Killian, right? Make their full potential. There's a whole other list of guys down in the system right now. Guys like Ryan Jensen, guys like Cole Franklin, friend of the program, right? That have starter stuff that could come up. Like if Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson are at, at worst your fourth and fifth, or maybe even they're in a competition to just be in the rotation. That's a good problem to have if you're the Cubs. But seeing that, yeah, but seeing that early development now from these guys is super freaking encouraging. And that's the one, that's the biggest takeaway I am taking away from today's start. If it wasn't for the freaking 4A ball club that this team put out this year, especially defensively, I'll, 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 I'll deal with some of the bats guys that can give you a little something. Defensively, this team is just hurting their young pitchers. I still think Justin Steele, despite the stat line today, had a a start that he can take a lot of good from, build on it, and take that into his next start. And that's at least, thank God, is what made me encouraged today because Juice and I said it last night. We wanted to see a good start out of Justin Steele. Follow right, follow the leader, right? Build off a good Keegan Thompson start. And sure, the stat line looks ugly, but when you don't walk anybody and you strike out eight and you get fucked by your defense a little bit. I, I can take that and at least say, hey, there was some good here today and we keep it moving forward. Absolutely, man. I mean, you've got Tweedledee and Tweedledum playing second base every other day. Uh, uh, like, what are you supposed to – one of them can't hit, one of them can't feel for shit and can't hit. And what are you supposed to do as a ball club when, like, either you're not going to get run support or you're not going to get help in the field as a starting pitcher. And I love what you're saying about Steele and Thompson. Thompson really is a guy that – he like by all accounts, like you said, he's taken in what he needed to do better and he's worked on it. And I actually sent a tweet out to Eno Saris the other day who does the uh command plus and stuff plus uh models at the athletic. And he mm-hmm. said that his stuff plus is up, it's up to 102 this year. Which you know, I don't know how many people that are watching or listening to this take into, into account what Eno Saris does, but he does some phenomenal, phenomenal work at the athletic and. He's a really big part of the fantasy baseball community as well. But his stuff plus is up for Keegan. I mean, you could tell that Steele's stuff looks incredible. He's pounding that fastball more. I sat on this show, um, I guess I think it was about a week ago when you guys were out with Dubs, and Dubs was mentioning to me, he said, I think he was a little bit hesitant after that um, Orioles start because he had got lit up a little bit. That fastball got lit up a little bit, and I think he was a little bit afraid to throw the fastball against the Yankees. And sure enough, you look at the pitch usage, he was throwing a lot of uh, two-seamers, a lot of sinkers, but not really uh, the four-seamer as much. Now the four-seamer is becoming more of a thing again, and he's pounding that four-seamer. Same thing with Steele. They're Mm -hmm. both pounding that fastball and working off of that. And 
really dialing in and just attacking hitters instead of being this like they're not over overly nibbly. And to your point, like if he's not going to be striking out as many guys, if either one of them like make that concede or you know make that effort to say I'm going to pitch more to contact. When have we ever complained about a Kyle Hendricks start that was six or seven innings, one run, two runs with three strikeouts? Right. I don't give a shit Never. how many strikeouts you have. If you're going to give us six, seven innings, one or two run baseball, phenomenal. And uh, you just love to see the progress made by at least these two guys. That's a definite positive right now with the Cubs. Absolutely. And just a quick thought here to build off of your point uh, before we kind of start to look ahead to the next series, because let's be honest, the Cubs lost a series to the Pirates and it's fucking stupid. But um, at one point today, Justin Steele, right? Through, I got to do quick math on top of my head, folks. This isn't necessarily my strong suit. Through 42 pitches um, in the in his start today, 33 strikes, nine balls. That's what you like to see when you're pounding that strike zone and getting those calls. And he lived on the edges today. He did a nice job spotting the fastball on the on the corners, high and low at times. And and that that I think it's his slider. You, you know, it looked really good today. He threw it for strikes very often, uh, especially in the low part of the zone. Um, you know, sits right around 82. Looked really nice with some good breaks. So a lot of encouraging things, like you said, uh, from these two youngsters and. Again, just continue to take the positives and build off of it and, and try to work out some of those negatives that happen in each of their starts. And I think we saw Keegan rebound after two bad starts. And now that Justin had a rough start, quote unquote, today, uh, I'm excited to see what he does in this next start because I think he is going to build off of it. Joey, any final thoughts um, on today's uh, unfortunate loss and extras uh, for the Cubs? Play Nelson Velasquez, DFA Vier, DFA Angelton Simmons when Bodie's back. And, you know, whoever else, I don't really give a shit who else, uh, but play him over VR, if any, VR, I should say, if anything. Um, let's see what happens in this Cardinal series. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting, fully expecting to get our shit stomped in, but uh, let's, <laughs> I, I just want to see pro- progress. We saw some good things with the bats. We've seen some good things with a couple of arms here, like we've talked about. So I don't know, man, it, it, it can't go much farther down. Like, that's, yeah, that's the one good. That's the one thing. It can't. How it much can't worse can worse. it get, Ron? Yep, I agree. And and uh, yeah, I can't fight that. It can't get much worse. I will say one one quick note here as well. Um, just good shit from Nico Horner today. I mean, he's his average is up to two eighty on the season. That's fantastic. Sure, the seven hundred four OPS might be underwhelming. He doesn't walk a lot. He's a guy that yeah. induces a lot of contact. That's just that's his role. That's the type of player he is. But he plays really good defense as well. And he's just continuing to show that he he's a guy that's still developing. Right? He's only twenty five. He's barely played. I don't even think he's played an entire uh, season of baseball yet. He might have just eclipsed that mark. Finally, this season playing uh, 162 career games. I'm getting the number up here for you right now. Yeah, he's at 167 career games over the course of four seasons, ladies and gentlemen. He just eclipsed one year of service time, essentially, in the major leagues. So um, keep that in mind. You know, Nico Horner's just going to get better. Uh, and it was great to see a, a three for five day from him uh, today. So that is kind of my final thought on today's game. And Joey, you mentioned the shitty Redbirds, that awful city of St. Louis, because that's where the Cubs are heading now uh, with today being a getaway day here on Thursday. Thursday, uh, and they will play on Friday, June 24th at 7.15 Central Daylight Time uh, in the awful city of St. Louis, Missouri at Bush Stadium. 
Uh, this one is uh, is a little different, folks. Uh, you can listen to it on 670 The Score in the Chicagoland market. You can listen to it on KMOX 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, the Cardinals radio network uh, in the St. Louis market. Uh, also WIJRAM 880 for Espanol. Um, but this will be an Apple TV Plus Friday night game. So if you don't have the free, this is still part of the free trial for those that might be concerned about not wanting to pay for Apple Plus or Apple TV. Um, this is a part of that free trial with the MLB for the three months or whatever. I think this is the second to last week before they start charging for it for the rest of the year. But it is um, it is Cubs Cardinals on Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV. So it will be a little unique tomorrow. It will be Kyle Hendricks on the bump for the Cubs. Two and six record, 543 ERA on the season for him. And on the other side, it'll be right-hander Andre Palante. For the Cardinals, he's two and two on the year with a 169 nice ERA uh, in 29 Ks so far. Joey, I will turn it over to you, my friend. Uh, thoughts and a preview for this upcoming series. And uh, once we wrap up preview thoughts, uh, we will get a fly the W pick. We haven't done that in a while because of some sh- shitty scheduling on our part here at Cubs on Tap. Uh, so we'll get some we'll get some fly the W picks for this this Cardinal series coming up before we get out of here. But sir, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean. Play better baseball. <laughs> like uh, Hendricks usually plays pretty well, pitches well against the Cardinals, so that'll be something that we hope can continue uh, here on Friday. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of fully expecting this to go completely south. Lose two out of three, bare minimum. I mean, I just want to see, just get David Bodie back in here, please. Just, just give us something that we just don't have to watch. The same thing getting trotted out there day after day. Because if I see one more Jonathan Vier, Vier, yes, I actually am just, that's just his name from now on. Jonathan Vier. It's Jonathan Vier. If I see one more Jonathan Vier, I, I think I might just blow a gasket. But uh, <laughs> I want to see a win against the Cardinal. Let's see. T- if we could take two or three, that would be terrific. That would make my entire week and weekend, Ron. I absolutely agree with you, my friend. It would be nice to see them take two or three. Um, Expect the worst and hope for the best. I think that's a really good way to approach this series. It would be cool to see them take two or three. I'll expect them probably to lose two out of three at minimum, like you said, if not worse. Um, the Redbirds are a good team. They're, they're, I believe, in the lead in the NL Central currently uh, over the Milwaukee Brewers. I know it's a tight race at the top here, but – you know, they're a good baseball team this year. They got a lot of depth. A lot of really good players have come up and made played big roles on their team. Donovan is a name uh, that we've experienced now as Cubs fans because he's just the next name to become a Cubs killer. Uh, Nolan Gorman next, is a guy. Absolutely that, random guy that just comes up. Yeah, again, Donovan. why I loved Matt Swarmer doing what he did his first two starts because that's exactly what the Cardinals do. A bunch of no-name slapdicks you never heard of in your entire life come up and somehow become good baseball players. They do it year in and year out, and there's a reason that the Cardinals are always competitive because they develop talent incredibly well, and that's what I hope the Cubs can become because that's – Never fails. It would be nice. It just would be nice to be competitive year in and year out. But nonetheless, um, I'm right there with you, man. It will be interesting to see what happens in the series, but hopefully uh, Kyle Hendricks gets it started off on the right foot on Friday night, um, and hopefully they can carry some momentum of some type uh, into the weekend uh, for these three games against the Redbirds. And they do have an off day on Monday, so that is certainly something to keep in mind um, with maybe some like bullpen decisions and things, especially in Sunday's game um, when we get to that point. Sir, who is your fly the W pick for this upcoming series? Oh, I, I wish I would have looked ahead to see who was pitching on uh, Saturday, Sunday, just to see what the Cardinals are throwing out there. But 
Um, I guess I'll go with. Oh, here, hold on. I got you. I got you. Let me get you some uh, some players here if my internet decides to cooperate. And it will finally. So we've got uh, Mikolas on the mound for the Cardinals on Saturday. Ooh. And on Sunday, it'll be Flaherty. Flaherty on Sunday? So all right. That's winnable. He's been uh, he's been struggling. He just came back recently. Um, that's winnable. All righties. Okay. So no Nelly V. <laughs> like we will not probably, probably see Nelson Velasquez in the series. He's probably getting sent down for David Bodie. That's probably the move. Um, probably. <laughs> and you know what? That's okay because I'd rather Velasquez get at bats every day in AAA yes. than sit on the bench here in the major leagues. I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. Yes. Get him his at-bats wherever it is. I don't care where it is. Get him his at-bats. If you don't feel comfortable with him playing every day here, but if you're going to have him here, have him fucking play. Um, So I guess I'll go with not going with Jason Hayward. That's what what we're not doing. I could tell you that right now. Let's go ahead and roll with – this guy's been on fire, man. Like, And he's an all-star this season. You know where I'm going. Let's go. It's happening. Ian Happ. It's happening. I love it, dude. He, he's he's the, from the right side of the plate, too. We saw it in this game. He Did he have the first RBI in this game? Um, I believe he did. Very he Way back in second, like the third? Second RBI. He gave the Cubs the lead initially two to one. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and he, But, dude, just so clutch, man. He's been very, very consistent and clutch this season for the most part and hitting from the right side of the plate. I know we're going to face three righties in a row, but um, still that's what he's done. His entire career mostly has been against right-handed pitching and maybe he can start to turn it up a little bit here as, you know, as we continue watching him against right-handed pitching as well. So uh, let me, let me go with Hap. What do you think, Ron? I dig it. I like it a lot. Um, For sake of differentiation, I will not go with Hap, but Hap is a fantastic choice. Um, you know, I'm going to go with a guy that, uh, again, has kind of flown under the radar. I've, I've brought his name up quite a few times on this show, especially recently. It's been hitting a lot better lately. Um, he is a lefty, tends to mash righties. Um, and he's probably going to play uh, in the outfield a little bit, especially if Nelly V gets sent out for David Bodie. I'm going to go to him and take Rafael Ortega. Let's go. Fly the W player for this series. I'm probably going to see him all three games. Um, I'll bust out my Rafael Ortega jersey for one of the games uh, as needed. Maybe if he has a really good series, I'll wear it on Sunday's show. Um, For those that also know, just to make note quickly of the schedule for the weekend, Friday, tomorrow, we'll probably have some type of show. Don't know who's going to be on it, but we'll have a Cubs on tap show. Saturdays like normal. Uh, We probably won't be coming to you. Um, My potentially – hashtag crack and participating nonsense. Uh, we'll jump on a camera really quick and give you a, a lowdown of what happened on Saturday, but um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but we will be back with you guys then on Sunday to kind of wrap up this Cardinal series um, before the off day on Monday. Cause we'll take that off day in stride. I think just as the Cubs will, but Joey um, yeah, I'm going to take Rafael Ortega. I, I really like, I like, again, I I'm going to go with a lefty, a guy that hits well against righties. I feel like, I think Ortega is a guy that would love to get traded to a contender and be a bench bat for a really good baseball team. And I think he's a guy that's worthy of that consideration. He has a mid 700s OPS, which is solid. Uh-huh. He's rose his average out of the depths to 270, which is incredibly respectable. Um, so I, I like Rafael Ortega as my pick for this week. And I think we see him a lot in uh, in right field uh, over the next couple of days, especially if Nelly V goes down for David Bodie. Um, it's probably not going to be Hayward. I think they would rather play Ortega. Truthfully, he's, about the same 
glove in terms – I know Hayward's a great glove, but if you're trying to balance bat and glove, Ortega's probably your best bet to join Morel and, and Hap out in the outfield this weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and take Rafael Ortega. And he Ladies might and actually get you something at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, so, even if it's a low-level prospect, we all we all kind of shook our heads at who Bryce Ball was for the Jock Peterson trade, and yeah, Bryce Ball's making a lot of noise in the minors, so who knows? Um, it, it's certainly possible there. But Joey, I do want to remind everybody, Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. Check out all of our great work over at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod-specific accounts here for Cubs on Tap. We are at Cubbies on Tap. That's C U B B I E S on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter and the Bluebird app. Joey's at Joey Knows Nothing. That ends in I-N because that stands for win, baby. Um, juice At Juice on Tap, at Teddy Freddy 270 at Brandon M. Kane, and all the other great people that help contribute here on the writing and on the podcast side for Cubs on Tap. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, we've got it all. Joey, you're going to be a busy man on the microphone later. I think you've got, what, two more shows today? Maybe at least one. One for sure. One, one for sure. sure. Maybe yeah. a second one. Um, but it's a big day for our Bulls, guys. If you're listening to this live uh, or we get this out early enough as a podcast, uh, it is NBA Draft Day. Go ahead and check out their live stream. It probably will come out as a podcast after the fact, too, if you miss the draft. Um, so if you're listening to this later, do be sure to go back and check it out. You can watch their stream on YouTube uh, over at our uh, ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel. Um, it's going to be a good one. We'll see what the Bulls do. There's a lot of what-ifs up in the air right now. They could be making a big trade with the 18th pick, or maybe they stay there and make the 18th pick. Who knows? Uh, but we'll turn that over to our friends at Bulls on Tap. And as I mentioned, um, and I always mention, ladies and gentlemen, you all have friends that like the Southsiders. Our guys at Socks on Tap, Johnny, Steve, Buzz, and Tony do an excellent job covering the Southsiders. Once again, ontapsportsnet.com, at ontapsportsnet on social media, the ontap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Joey, it is always a pleasure, my friend. The Buccos series is, is in the rear view as the Cubs lose 8-7 to seven in the extras on Thursday. And Friday, we get to see those dreaded Redbirds. So what do you say, my friend? We get out of here the only way to know how when the Cardinals are on the docket. As Juice would say, fuck the Cardinals, DFA Vier, and let's go Cubs. Fuck the Cardinals. Let's go, Cubs.